start our message today by asking you to bow your heads for prayer. Father, we do come before your throne of grace and mercy this morning, asking you to look upon our hearts, cleanse us from sin, help us, our Father, to be obedient to your word today and speak it according to your will. We pray for thy Holy Spirit to fill our hearts that we might receive this in the fullness of of uh, what it is intended to do, and that is to feed our soul and to uplift you. And Father, we are praying that it will do its work, that is, the Word of God will do its work through the power of the Holy Spirit in speaking to, to our lives, that we might grow spiritually, and if there's someone here today that needs Christ, that they might receive Him. We, we pray our Father's special blessing upon Kaylee and upon her future, that she will be a Christian witness in the school that she attends and that she might go forward uh, in her life to uh, express Christ in all that she does. Thank you for her family. Bless them. We especially want to pray for Almy today in recovery of, of the accident that she has had and falling down the steps. And we just pray your blessing upon uh, all this and upon thy word and upon the, the requests that were spoken here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's do just a tad bit of uh, review to catch everybody up because the last two weeks we've had a little bit of different uh, message in, in that we had a Mother's Day lesson and uh, and so we want to we wanna just re refresh your minds. We are currently in a, a series from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a Jew that was in captivity in, uh, in the Persian Empire. And the Lord spoke to the Persian king and allowed him to send Nehemiah back to Jerusalem, his hometown, that, was, uh, that laid in a disaster. It, the walls had been torn down and... and uh, uh, for years and years, it, it was uh, uninhabited by, by people, and there was just trash everywhere. And, and so God sent him back through the power of this king, speaking to this king, and allowed him to assemble a group of Jewish workers to uh, put the walls back uh, up on... Uh, the stone upon stone and rebuild the city of God here on earth, the city of God of Jerusalem. God has chosen Jerusalem as his place uh, to abode. And so when he comes back and he sets up his millennial kingdom, he will rule and reign from <coughs> Jerusalem. And so uh, God uh, wanted Nehemiah to to rebuild the walls. And so in our lessons thus far, we have seen how Nehemiah had a blueprint, how he got the Jews to work together, and then there was opposition. There was opposition from the external uh, forces of uh, uh, countries and nations and tribes of people that did not want those walls rebuilt. And then there was strife from within. And, and of course, in anything you attempt to do as a Christian, you are going to have opposition from the devil. And he will cause people to rise up against you, and he will even cause people within your friendship and, and organizations you might be part of. If you make a stand for Christ, you can say, 
that you're going to be opposed. But we can do all things through Christ, if we're in his will, that strengthens us. And so Nehemiah was trying to finish the walls of Jerusalem, rebuild them. And uh, he has faced uh, the opposition of discouragement. He has uh, faced the opposition of fear. Uh, He has uh, faced the opposition of threats. He has faced the opposition of greed from even within his own people. Today we continue with more strategies that the devil is going to uh, send toward uh, Nehemiah to cause him to be discouraged. But, you know, Nehemiah is like uh, what Brother Randy had uh, to say today about discouragement. Uh, He just would uh, pick it up and and knock it off like rain and uh, and continue to, to work for the Lord. And I'm thankful for his testimony here in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was determined to finish the the walls of Jerusalem for the protection of the Jewish people and more importantly, for the glory of God. When a believer dedicates themselves to the will of God, Satan counteracts counteracts that commitment with his arsenal of fiery darts. And he has been around a long time and he knows exactly how to uh, pound us and uh, send discouragement. Let's read the Apostle Paul's uh, word here in Ephesians 6 and verse 11. Paul says to the Ephesian Christians and to us today, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies of the devil. The word wiles translated means schemes. This is our English word for methods. So the devil has schemes. He has methods. He has uh, ways in which he will try to disrupt your spiritual growth and keep you, if you're not a Christian, from being saved. The Greek word suggests that he is lying in wait, that the devil is full of trickery. Thus far, Satan has used these weapons of external enemies and internal strife. Now as the Jews are completing the wall, the enemy attacks with more sophisticated weapons. Let's see the first one today. The relentlessness of Satan is one thing every believer can count on. Just as soon as you think everything is going to come together and your problem is over or the situation has been taken care of, the devil will try a different method. Today, the first thing is compromise. He will attempt to get you to compromise your stand. Compromise is the next attempt of Satan to derail the finishing of the wall. Let us read Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gershom 
the Arabian, and these are three of the external enemies that have come up against Nehemiah, uh, trying to get him not to finish the walls. They heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Gershon sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of, uh, is it Ono or, <laughs> Ono or oh, uh, on, whichever it is, Oh no would seem more appropriate. He should have said, Oh no, I'm not going to do that. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times in this way, and I answered them after the same manner. So these enemies of the Jews, Samballat, Gershom, and Tobiah, they wanted Nehemiah to stop working and finishing the gates and putting the uh, doors up uh, and to come about a 20-mile uh, journey out into uh, where they would probably do him harm. And so, you know, he, Nehemiah was no dummy. He knew that this was an ambush of sorts. And uh, he just said, uh, I'm just too busy doing the Lord's work to uh, put up with anything that you might want me to do. Let's turn to James chapter number 4. Hebrews, James. And James says in chapter 4 and verse 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Nehemiah knew that God's will was for him to complete the wall. He knew that if he stopped, that the Jews who were working to complete it would probably abandon their job. And they would get lax. Even if he put someone in charge of them, it wouldn't still be the same without Nehemiah the leader. And so he chose to continue to work on the wall instead of giving in to the enemy's suggestion. He did not compromise. Now the closer a believer is to completing what God has called him to do, the more opposition can be expected. Just when a believer thinks he has achieved a spiritual goal, the devil will throw a surprise punch. What does God remind believers to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Brother Paul writing to us, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we want to read verse number 12. Therefore, let him that think he 
standeth, take heed lest he fail. God says, don't get so confident in what you're doing that you let pride develop in your work. And so we have a warning here from the Lord that we should keep ourselves humble, continue to do the work of the Lord, and not allow our heart to become filled with ourself. Notice what Paul says to the churches in Galatians chapter number 6, verse 3. For if a man think himself to be something... When he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let let every man prove his own work, and then shall we have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Keep trusting God in whatever he has sent you to do, whatever the task is, whatever God has called you, to do in his service. Be faithful and endure it to the end or have pleasure in doing it to the end and let it be a glory to him, not to you. And so we see that Nehemiah did not get distracted. He did not accept their compromise. He continued to work so he could complete this Wall for the glory of God. Sanballat and his cronies were getting desperate because the only things left to do on the wall were to, and we see in chapter 6 of Nehemiah, verse 1 again, the last part, though at that time I had not set the doors and the gates. So he was almost finished. And I have seen in my life, in my Christian uh, experience as pastor and, and uh, involved with different people in the church or even in the school system through the prayer club and FCA and so forth, I have seen people who have, who have uh, been... Uh, on fire for the Lord, and then, then the devil does something near the end of their uh, of their completion that causes them to to stop what it was, and, and and it's it's not good to stop doing what God has called us to do. And we want to see here in just a moment uh, why it is not good for us to not complete what we are called to do. Um, let's look at question four. Where did Sambalat want uh, Nehemiah to meet him? And we already know it's, uh, oh, oh no, <laughs> or oh on, oh no, or however you want to pronounce that. Uh, we see that uh, it was 20 miles northwest of Jerusalem. Nehemiah knew it was an ambush. So um, let us see uh, how does Satan 
uh, attempt to distract us from doing as we should for the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, these are certainly verses that we should be well acquainted with. Verse 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant. In other words, be aware and look on all four sides of yourself. Be aware that who? That your adversary, your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. How many young men I have known that have been called into the ministry and because of uh, a wife, a situation in the family, they have had to demote themselves from the leadership of a church or they've had to bow out of a, a job that God was prospering them in because of, of situations that the devil has brought before them. And so what does Peter say we should do? Whom resists steadfastly how? In faith. You cannot resist the devil in yourself. You must resist him in, by having faith in God. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the work. And so don't think you're the only one that this has ever happened to. Don't, don't become crying to God about this is not fair. Surely if we look at Jesus we can see how unfair he was treated and, and how... Uh, he was certainly uh, undermined by his own and by his enemy. And so we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's look at what Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, his preacher boy. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 26, 226. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Who are taken captive by him at his will. Listen ladies and gentlemen. We must do what we started this message out with. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 through 17. We must put on the whole armor of God. We must not allow Satan to have access to any part of our life where he can undermine and destroy our testimony most importantly. So let us, uh, let us uh, look at uh, how Nehemiah approached this problem. How did Nehemiah respond to Sambalad's invitation to meet? And we've already read this, but uh, it is good to recommit ourselves to this. Verse 3, And I send messengers unto him, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent 
me four times in this way. And I answered them the same every time. And so uh, some of the times the devil is persistent in that he continues and continues and continues to approach us. And if, if you know something about the devil, he, he is aware of your weakest point. He is aware of the weakness of our flesh. He is aware of the things that we look to, to in the world that we find as pleasurable, and he will use those things against us. Those are the two tools he uses, our own old flesh and the allurement of the worldly activities. And when he can snag us into doing what our old flesh would do and stop doing what the Lord would have us to do or intermixing with what the world's doing to keep us from concentrating on our goal for Christ, he has become a winner and we don't want him to to win. Amen? So you have been given an assignment by the Lord. Now, I, I don't know what your assignment is. I know what mine is. Mine is to be your pastor, preach the word, encourage, visit, present the gospel in my life daily to not only my students, but whoever I come in contact with. And he wants to derail me from doing that. So let us look in Philippians for just a moment. And see what Paul said our attitude should be when these kind of things uh, come to us. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13 and 14. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth and to those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's not talking about salvation. Some people say, oh, I'm pressing to make it to heaven. Well, the Word says you're already saved. You don't have that worry. You're eternally saved. You're not pressing to get to heaven. You're pressing to, uh, to please Christ in your life, to finish what he has called you to do. Now, whether it's sing and play the piano, or whether it's to cook and help people who are hungry, or it's to finish a, a church, uh, to build, or it's to clean the church when nobody's looking, uh, there are people that are in this church weekly <coughs> behind the scenes doing things that, that you're not aware are going on. But we enjoy it when we come here, even though we may not be aware that that has taken place. Somebody ran the water for our baptism today. Somebody came here this morning and made sure it was warm. You see... Somebody, after all the construction, had to come and clean up the mess. Or you might be sitting in a lot of unpleasant uh, dust and uh, get on your clothes and things like that. You see, 
somebody takes out the trash. There's a work for all of us to do. We all can get on the internet and invite people to church. We all have telephones, cell phones. We can all do our part. Let's not stop. Let's continue. Amen? Amen. Till we see God's house filled. And then we're not going to stop. We'll build on. (laughs) So, uh, Satan desires for believers to lower their standards and to cease working as hard or to slow down for the Lord. What truth should a believer remember from the book of Proverbs? You see, old Nehemiah, he said, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to go out to those uh, evil people. If I quit, my workers will quit. I'm not going to do that. What does, uh, what does uh, Solomon tell us in Proverbs uh, chapter number 25 and verse number 26? Proverbs 25, 26. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is like a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. If Nehemiah had stopped and went out to meet these dudes, there would have been chaos in Jerusalem. The work would not have been finished. And he might have been killed, and then what would have happened to the Jews? The walls probably would have been torn down again. There would be no monument to God here on earth. Jerusalem is God's holy city. Again, he has chosen that for his place to abode when he comes back to set up his kingdom. So, not to give in. Others depend on you. Believers become other people's strengths. I was told at the funeral home the other night, well, that Bernie and Carolyn, they they just keep on asking us. They keep on asking us. We can't quit. We can't give up. We can't say, well, I've asked them so many times they're going to get tired and, and tell me off. Or they're going to... So? Won't be the first time. Exactly. <laughs> And you're doing it for the right reason instead of something carnal when you're asking people to come to the Lord's house. Look, let's turn to uh, Romans chapter 14. When a person is doing a work for the Lord and the devil gets a hold of them in some manner and causes them to stop being the witness that they had been or stop a work that they had been doing. The world looks at that and they have thoughts that they won't say to your face. 
Well, I didn't think they were going to make it in their Christian life. Well, see, I knew they didn't have what it took. I know what they used to be. But that's forgiven. That's washed in the blood. We don't have to worry about our past. If people want to dig it up, that's their problem. But you've been forgiven. Don't dwell on your past. Dwell on the future. Amen? Amen. What God has got for you to do. Now notice what Paul says to the church at Rome, chapter 14, verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge rather this, that no man put a stumbling block or a occasion to fall in his brother's way. Nehemiah could have left and gone out there and had a big party with those dudes. They might not have killed him. They might have just set him up, got him drunk or whatever, and then it ruined his testimony. And he could have come back and said, hey, I'm not going to do this work anymore. I'm just going to be like everybody else. People are depending upon you. People are watching your life as a Christian. They want to see you fail because that makes them feel not as guilty about what they're doing. Are you with me? But if you uphold the cross, and you might not be exactly perfect, and we're not going to be, but you, you can be blameless. That is, you can't give them an occasion to where they can point their finger and say, oh, I saw what they did. I heard what old preacher Gotti did. I saw how, uh, how he reacted. You see, we've got to be on guard because our enemy, what's he out to do? Devour our testimony. <laughs> A believer's attitude when confronted with compromise should be what Nehemiah said. No thanks. That's what Nehemiah said to them, wasn't he? Yep. No thanks. I'm going to keep on doing what the Lord wants me to do. So Jesus told Satan that exact thing in Matthew. Remember, Jesus had just been baptized. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus had just started his ministry. <laughs> He had been baptized, and then the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And there, Jesus was confronted, not with some woman shaking her tail at him, or not by... Uh, trying to get him to go off into another direction, but the devil himself in person came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know how many of you in here could say that the devil has personally been in your presence. His demons are all over the place. But I don't know that we can for sure say that he has personally, he's too busy giving orders to his demons to go out and to do this and to do that and to destruct and to continue the evilness or up, uh, put on the 
accelerator and speed it up, whatever he's trying to get accomplished in his evilness, he knows his time is short and he knows his time is going to come where he will be cast into the eternal lake of fire. So he's going to do as much as he can to destroy. But he personally took time out from whatever he had been doing with his demonic force and now he approaches the Son of God who has not eaten in 40 days. Now, if I had not eaten in 40 days, first of all, that probably would help my waistline. <laughs> but if I had not eaten in 40 days, I would be somewhat weak towards a temptation to eat a loaf of bread. Amen? Amen. Or anything. And what did Jesus say when he attempted him to turn rocks into bread? He said in chapter 4 and verse 4, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Chapter 4 verse 7, he tempted him a second time, and he tempted him uh, concerning... Uh, falling from the uh, pedestal of the temple in Jerusalem. And what did Jesus say to him? It is written again, Thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. And then in chapter 4, verse 10, he showed him the kingdoms of the world. And he said, If you'll just fall down and worship me, you can be the king of the world. Now how dumb the devil is because Jesus, what? He created it all. He didn't have to fall down and worship the devil. He already had it. And will be the king of kings and lord of lords soon. But he said, Be, gotten, uh, be gone there, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt not worship. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shalt thou serve. So the devil fled, fled from the Lord for a season. Now you know he always comes back. He may flee from you for a season, but he will come back and attempt again. He is somewhat relentless in that as we started out in verse 1. But what did Jesus do that you and I need to learn to do to have ourselves ready for his fiery darts? We need to do something. What, what do we need to do? Psalms 119, verse 9. We'll start with uh, young men and young women. Wherefore, uh, with all, shall a young man cleanse his ways? By doing what? By taking heed unto what? According to thy word. <clears throat> And then, of course, uh, one of the most famous verses that uh, all of us who grew up here at the Striker Bible Church learned in our Bible contest and Bible schools and Sunday schools was verse 11, Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God or thee. Yes. So, we see Nehemiah said, I've got uh, this work to do for the Lord, and I'm not going to be distracted by the devil and his cronies. I am going to keep on keeping on. And that should be our attitude in our Christian life. Whatever 
we are doing, if it's just attending Sunday school every Sunday, we need to purpose in our heart that we're going to do that. If it's that we are going to get up 15 minutes earlier every morning and start reading the Bible more than what we have, then we need to we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and do that. If we need to pray more than what we have been praying, then we need to take time out of turn the TV off, turn the Facebook off, and and turn the Lord on. Amen? Amen. If it is to go witness to somebody that we are concerned about, then we need to go witness to that person and keep on witnessing to them. If we need to... Uh, uh, if we need to purpose in our heart that we're going to set aside more of our finances to help in the growth of the Lord or in a mission project or to help someone that's in need, then we need to we need to purpose that we're going to do that. We don't need to be distracted. We don't need to give in to what the devil would have us to do with our money. We need to do it what God says will glorify Him. Amen? Amen. If you're here today... And you need to recommit your life to the Lord. You've been saved, but you, you've strayed. You need to come back to the Lord. You need to recommit yourself. If you're here today and, and you haven't been baptized and you've, you know the Lord is uh, speaking to your heart today about following Jesus in His first command in our life, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You haven't been baptized. God's calling you to follow Him. Really, that's, you know what I'm going to tell you, so. If you're not obedient to Him in baptism, then you couldn't be obedient to Him in any other area of your life. That's the first thing. First thing that Tasha said to me Sunday after she had received Christ as her Savior is, I want to be baptized. And that should be what every creature, every person in Christ should want. They should want to please God. Obey Him in the uh, the uh, order of believers' baptism. If you're here today and maybe you, you like what you hear here, you want to get involved more, you'd like to be a member of the local church, hey, we want you to be. We want you to be. Or maybe you're here today and you've never been saved. You've never said, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. That's how easy it is. It's not an Einstein formula. It's not something you've got to work out. You just surrender yourself to Him and He'll save you. You've got to be humble before God. You've got to present yourself to Him. No matter what you've done, where you've gone, what you've said, God will forgive it all. He's not weak in any area of salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. And you just call upon His name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we encourage you today. We encourage you today to accept Christ. Let's bow our heads for just a moment.